What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, folks. Unfortunately, I'm under the weather, but as the saying goes, the show must still go on. So we're still going to plug ahead with the weekly picks for NFL. I'll give some thoughts on the DFS slate, and, you know, we keep things moving. But uh, this is about as good as I'm going to sound, so uh, let's get right down to it with uh, the early action over in Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, We got the Chiefs, uh, technically, as the home side. Uh, obviously, this game's abroad, uh, playing the Dolphins. Chiefs uh, essentially were three-point favorites. Lions kind of shifted around between two and three, uh, two and a half and three, or three and a half, like at various points through the week. Uh, to me, this is still Chiefs all day. I, I still think that this Miami squad has to be able to show that it can beat a team uh, that's considered a true perennial contender. And the Chiefs pass rush... I think gives Miami enough fits. I do like the idea of uh, sprinkling in um, props on uh, Tyreek Hill because I do think Miami feeds him the ball uh, just to uh, keep the Chiefs' defense honest with all the blitzes that they're probably going to throw at Tua. But, um, yeah, I I still think that the Chiefs in general are going to be able to just uh, salt this one away. It'll probably be something like a, you know, 27-23 type game. But uh, I, I, look, I look at the Chiefs to just take this one because, uh, again, <coughs> in terms of overall team composition, I do think the Chiefs are in a stronger spot at the moment. Next up, Arizona traveling to Cleveland to play the Browns. Browns, seven and a half point favorite. They could be 10 points. I'm still taking the Browns here. Uh, so, in case you didn't catch the news, Joshua Dobbs, the starting QB for the Cardinals uh, for uh, this season, has been traded to the Vikings. Uh, Kyler Murray, while activated off of IR, they still say he's not ready to go yet. It's going to be Clayton Toon quarterbacking. Uh, the Cardinals, and I mean, it might as well be a Looney Tunes character. Like, Clayton Toon is not an NFL QB. I don't understand how some of these QBs, like, actually made it, but hey, that's another discussion for the college scouting uh, in general, uh, where guys are just going off of arm strength. But uh, Clayton Toon, uh, I mean, wasn't really that impressed with him. Toon, um, for those you don't know, I mean, was a rookie coming out of Houston, pass happy offense, uh, not a true NFL standard offense. I-, I think this is a just a woeful matchup 
for your first NFL start against Miles Garrett in that uh, Cleveland Browns front. Uh, I mean, to me, this is just a mismatch uh, on paper and just with the eye test. I, I think this is, uh, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Arizona, I mean, yeah, if Arizona fails to score 10 points, it, it would not shock me at all just because, you know, again, I think it would take uh, the Browns just, you know, mailing in an entire performance for Arizona to put up points today. Uh, it, to me, it just doesn't make any sense. Now, on the other side, you have Deshaun Watson coming back for the Browns. I still don't like the spot for the Browns all that much outside of Jerome Ford at 5,300 on DraftKings. Uh, to me, I, I think this is just, they get up big, then they just start running the rock uh, between Jerome Ford and um, Kareem Hunt. Uh, I still expect Ford to get the bulk of the carry, so he would be my preferred option. If you wanted to play Cream Hunt, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm, I'm just saying just be realistic that you're probably going to have Ford taking 60, uh, percent of the, uh, 60% of the snaps or more um, in this offense. So uh, if Cream Hunt's going to get there, he's probably going to have to like vulture a touchdown off of uh, Jerome Ford, which is possible, but uh, I, I just think Ford has uh, actual upside versus Hunt. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think this is Cleveland all day. Next up, Chicago and New Orleans. Eesh. You know I don't like this New Orleans team. Um, for those of you listening, like I think Carr has been the very definition of mediocre. Um, New Orleans uh Eight-point favorites. Uh, the line's just a little too wide. I don't want to take the Chicago side because I think Chicago is dreadful. But this line is way too wide. I'm going to begrudgingly take New Orleans side because they're at home. But I don't love this game at all. This is this is one of those where, realistically, if it's not a pick and pull, I would just stay away from because, um, or just throw Chicago into a teaser. But uh, I think the line's too wide for. Saints side of things, uh, yeah, you can bring the number down if you tease it, but uh, it's all—it's almost one of those where you know Chicago. If it gets close, Chicago may just like pull off an upset. Uh, I don't see it though. I, I think this is New Orleans, even if Carr, you know, remains just dreadful. Next up, Green Bay hosting the Rams. Rams playing another one o'clock game, traveling. This is not good. Uh, no Matthew Stafford for the Rams. It's Brett Rippon for uh, uh, under center. Uh, no Stafford, no chance. I'm, I'm taking Green Bay, although we've seen this Green Bay offense just, like, fumbled the bag multiple times. So it's not going to shock me if this game's close by the fourth quarter, but I have a really tough time seeing um, this Rams offense. Uh, we've seen Rippon... Uh, try to run that offense. I, I I don't I don't see it happening. It maybe he's made leaps and bounds of improvements, but uh to me this is one of those situations where again we just may have to just stay away from certain games uh this week because uh the lines are not exactly enticing to say the least and I think that a couple of these matchups could uh just be blah. Uh, I mean, Green Bay, three and a half. Line feels a little wide. I'm not going to be 
saying take the. I'm not. I'm not going to be on the Rams side of things. This is one of those where you can either take Green Bay or just uh, get away from it entirely. So um, that's just kind of the way I look at it. Uh, Minnesota traveling to Atlanta to play the Falcons. Obviously, uh, you got the news about Josh Dobbs being traded to the Vikings, but he's not going to start. It's going to be Jaron Hall making the start for the Vikings because they say Dobbs hasn't had enough time to go into the playbook. Uh, in that case, I'm going to take the Atlanta side of the uh, fence. Um, Hall looked sloppy in the preseason. Maybe he's made some uh, dramatic improvements, but I think there's going to be kind of a steep learning curve, and they just throwing him out there just to see what he's got. Um, but to me, this feels like a throwaway game by the Vikings, uh, trading for Dobbs, but then not having him start. I think even Dobbs knowing uh, a tenth of the playbook is better than what you're going to get with Jaron Hall at his current level of ability. So, you know, take from that what you will, but uh, I'll take Atlanta four and a half uh, if it's if, given that it's Hall uh, starting instead of Dobbs. Next up. Baltimore playing Seattle. Seattle having to make a 1 o'clock uh, trip out east. I don't like it. Uh, I get, just give me give me the Ravens. As inconsistent as the Ravens can be at times, uh, I do not favor the Seattle team at all uh, if they have to make an east coast trip at 1 o'clock. Like, that's just not the type of offense I'm feeling comfortable with playing. Plus, there's the whole narrative of Lamar versus east coast teams in the NFC, in his, at, 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 I'm saying East Coast, um, playing uh, the NFC regardless uh, uh, in Eastern time zones. Like, it's like Lamar's like 14-0 and 0 or something. It's like a ridiculous stat line that uh, the Ravens have been pounding on the NFC teams that have to make the trip out, uh, on uh, uh, that have to make the trip to Baltimore. Like, they, they just do very well against the NFC in general. Um, but, uh, yeah, I... Do not like this spot at all for Seattle. Um, I don't like this spot for DFS, to be perfectly honest. I, I think this is a, they run the ball. Uh, Gus Edwards got priced up a bit, so he's 5900 Don't hate it. Don't love it either. Um, to me, this is one of those where the defense got priced up too, uh, much like the Browns. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not feeling uh, much in terms of anything in this game other than just betting um, Baltimore uh, to cover the spread. But uh that's about it. All right, so next up, we've got Houston and Tampa. Give me Houston uh, at two and a half. Uh, I, I think this is pretty clear cut that I I don't think this Tampa team is that good, and I think Houston has the demonstrably better quarterback. I've been saying it for a little while now. C.J. Stroud is legit, and... He has the two attributes I look forward to the most in a quarterback playing Tampa. He can move, and he's accurate with the football and his placement. So when Tampa goes for those coin flip uh, angles when they try to pick the ball off, I expect Stroud to hit guys in stride and take that out. So to me, <coughs> I I love take uh, I I love uh, Noah Brown on this slate as like the third wide receiver for. Houston, I think he has big playability on crossing routes. I think Tank Dell has uh, ability to get there as well. Neil Collins, still solid at 5,800. But I do love throwing out multiple variations of uh, builds where you have 
Houston. The only question is, I'm trying to see who I can use as a run back on the Tampa side. I'm thinking I'm probably just going to settle on Mike Evans because basically with his, with his physicality, that would translate best against Houston's uh, secondary. Um, Rashad White is very interesting to me because I've never been impressed with Rashad White at all in his NFL career, but from the metrics that we gauge defenses off, like Houston's one of the worst defenses against uh, pass-catching running backs. So I have to balance my genuine, like, just distrust of Rashad White with the fact that the most obvious run back is Rashad White. So I don't know what I'm gonna, how I'm gonna play it just yet from a DFS standpoint, but from a prop standpoint, all of Rashad White's props look extremely favorable versus uh, uh, versus Houston uh, to the point where um, I I think you have to consider it. Uh, uh, you ha- you have to consider it ver- versus. Uh, this uh, Houston team, like the, the the thing of it is, is that you know I I think it's just it's very I think it's kind of frustrating because he's uh, he's I don't think he's very good I really don't think he's very good but I do have to say that uh, you know the uh, the numbers like because he was actually at uh, forty three and a half rushing yards and uh, um. Yeah, it was like 27 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I just think it's way too low of a receiving yard prop. And the receptions over under is only three and a half. I, I think the props are kind of low. But again, I think Vegas is also kind of looking at it the same way I do. That like, we don't think Rashad White's any good. But technically, based off of what Houston's giving up against other teams, it makes a lot of sense to be playing Rashad White. That That's why... You know, this is one of those data versus feel type of situations where I think he could be the run back, and then you just use uh, C.J. Stroud and all of the pass catching options on Houston because I think even uh, Dalton Schultz has uh, potential to get there. Tight ends a mess this week on DraftKings. Schultz got priced up to forty two hundred, so it's 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 pricey, but it's not that pricey when you compare it to all these other options that are. Far less uh, desirable um, by comparison. So, uh, yeah, interesting to say the least. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm very much on the Texan side of things to cover the two and a half. And from a DFS perspective, I think they're going to be extremely uh, uh, productive given uh, the secondary gambling of... Uh, Tampa Bay, I, I think they're going to take a lot of chances, and I think Stroud's going to carve them up. But uh, uh, the, the only question is, if Tampa can't keep it close, then they're just going to uh, run it uh, run it with Devin Singletary. Um, Damian Pierce is out, by the way. Um, but uh, Damian, uh, 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 Devin Singletary is only 4,300 on DraftKings. He's going to be extremely popular, and with good reason, because he get all the goal line carry work and still punch it in. So, you know, that's why there's concerns on the passing options for Houston, because you got to make sure you get the TDs as well. But I, I think this this game makes a whole ton of sense. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be back after this. Don't go 
anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, and last but not least, our last 1 o'clock game, we've got Mac Jones and the Patriots hosting the Washington Commanders. The Commanders uh, traded Chase Young and Montez Sweat during the week. I'm going to say this pointedly. If Mac Jones can't score uh, 24 points, at least 24 points, he should be benched by New England the rest of the season. Uh, There's no excuses at this point. Uh, this is about as bad of a, a pass rush as you're going to see in the league combined with a suspect secondary. I know New England has injuries in their wide receiver core. I get that. But with all that being said, there's going to be no pass rush you're going to have to put up with. He should have all day to throw and be able to find somebody. If he can't find anyone, then that kind of tells you all you need to know about Mac Jones, as his prospects as an NFL QB. It, 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 there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. To me, I'm taking New England. I'm taking the two and a half, and or it's actually going up to three and a half. I'm still taking New England no matter what. Like, there really is no excuse for New England not to be able to take care of business against uh, Washington. This Washington team has already packed it in uh, from the front office standpoint. Um, offensively, uh, I think Sam Howell's kind of a mess uh, against Belichick. I I really favor the Belichick side of the matchup. It's like, I'll like I'll be perfectly honest. Like if they hit twenty, I think that's a tremendous accomplishment for uh, the Commanders, given what they've got going on behind the scenes. But you got to be kidding me! Like New England, if you can't win this game, I, I mean, you go two and seven, and you still haven't played the hardest part of your schedule yet. Like you, you're going to be a top five pick. Like if you can't win this game, you're a top five pick. That that's really what it comes down to for New England. It's like. they'll basically settle where they're going to finish up for the rest of the year because if you can't win this game at home, 
don't know what games you're going to win the rest of the way. So, just food for thought for New England, but like this is a must win for New England. Uh, I got to back them. I, this Washington team, like, like I said, they already packed it in. There's no pass rush coming this week. So, if Mac Jones is getting sacked, and, uh, no, I, I'm sorry. I, I just can't see it. Uh, otherwise, it, it's Mac Jones is even worse than we thought. All right. In the 4 o'clock window, we've got uh, Indy and uh, traveling to Carolina. Um, Colts, uh, two-and-a-half-point favorites. To me, this is the Jonathan Taylor week. If Jonathan Taylor is still being held back on um, snap counts and things of that nature, I'm I'm actually going to ask the question whether or not he's actually healthy or not or what the situation is with the Colts uh, because, to me, Zach Moss has played well, but, you know, there's no reason why Jonathan Taylor shouldn't be getting 20 carries a game by now. Like, realistically, th- he should be good to go. He's had a couple of games now. This is the week where he should be just pounding the rock against a, a Carolina front that is soft, to say the least. Uh, there are yards to be had. To me, if Taylor gets his carries, he could easily put up 130-plus yards rushing. I, I mean, it really, it's really that simple. I, I don't think this Carolina front can actually stop uh, the Colts' rushing attack if they actually commit to it. Um, they could split the carries between Taylor and Moss, but as I said, Moss got a lot of work early in the season, um, probably too much work, and I think they have to start scaling him back, but because he's cheap, the, like uh, they don't have to necessarily worry about that. Yes, they gave Taylor the contract, but uh, sooner or later, you're going to have to like get some value out of the contract that you just signed him to, so... I expect Taylor to have a massive day. I'm not enamored with any of the other options on the Colts side because I think it's going to be a primarily uh, rushing base attack against uh, um, Carolina. And then on the Carolina side, I do like uh, Adam Thielen as the run back because I expect them to be behind. Uh, Bryce Young has been focused on Thielen in the slot. Yes, uh, the Colts have slot defenders, but... You know, you got a rookie QB who's going to force feed the ball to Thielen. Um, maybe that's the case to make for the Colts' defense, actually, now that I think about it. Let me make a note of that. <laughs> yeah, Colts' defense, 3.1K on draft cakes. I can't make the salary work that. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, just me thinking to myself because uh, I think that is an interesting possibility if uh, – if he is force-feeding the ball to Thielen, if they start jumping his routes, um, Thielen's routes, that is, to uh, create turnovers, that actually makes uh, the Colts' defense actually a pretty excellent play, just thinking of it from a game theory standpoint. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, not too much that I like on the Carolina side uh, outside of Thielen. Um, Chuba Hubbard, uh, he's the lead back. He should be able to run against this Colts' defense, so... Actually, I should preface that. I was like, I do like Chuba Hubbard on the Colts side as well. The only question is, for Chuba Hubbard to truly get there, this game's going to have to be close enough where um, they're not going to take the running game out of the equation. If it gets too far out of hand early, that's going to be a big problem. But um, if the game stays close, Chuba Hubbard does have a 100-yard upside today in a close matchup. All right. Philly... No, you know what? We're going to talk about my Giants. We're going to talk about my Giants first. If they can't win this game, 
against a Raiders team that fired Josh McDaniels at, on Halloween night, the day after they lost on Monday Night Football. I don't know what to say about the, the Giants because Daniel Jones is back. You know this Raiders uh, defense uh, struggles against the run. You should be able to run the ball against them. You should be able to throw against them. Their offense has not scored 21 points in the game, uh, more than 21 points in the game all season. They're, they're, they benched Jimmy Garoppolo. They're starting Aiden O'Connell in his second NFL start. You should be able to give them enough different looks on defense. Like There is no reason why the Giants can't take this game as a road underdog. The Raiders are only favored by two and a half. The Giants should be able to win this game. I don't want to hear any excuses from the Giants. Like, you could say it, it could be rushed from Daniel Jones, this, that, and the other. This is about as easy of an NFL defense as he's going to go up against all year. If he can't get it done here, we got to start asking the very real questions, like I've said all along about the Giants. Are they a good team or a mediocre team that got coached up last year? I thought it was more the latter, and now everyone's caught up to them. And they got no other answers. We're going to see. Because if Dan Jones can't get it done against this Raiders defense. We got a lot more questions to ask of this Giants team and organization as a whole. So to me. This is Giants in an ugly one. I'm taking the Giants defense at 2.3k on DraftKings. They're the lowest priced defense on the slate. I think they should be able to cause turnovers. I think this is going to be an ugly game to look at. I will still be stuck watching it no matter what. As a Giants fan, but this is going to be another miserable game. Just like I called that Jets-Giants game being an utter mess to watch last week, I think it's going to be very much the same this week. No one's going to want to watch this uh, Giants-Raiders game. So, take from that what you will, but I think the Giants take it. I just think it's an ugly-looking game, and from a uh, DFS standpoint, I have no interest in anyone. I know people want to play Jacobs. I know people want to play Saquon. I'm actually going to be further under on both of those guys than everyone else in the field. I may not fade them, but I'm definitely under projecting them because I don't, I don't see either one of these guys cracking 100 rushing yards on the day and getting to because uh, like folks are saying that like you, you're getting uh, uh, anywhere from uh, upside of 30 points uh, from a running back spot, and I just don't see it from either one of these running backs. I don't. It's like they should be able to run the ball. But I've, I've seen these two teams fail in enough spots where they should be productive that I'm going to temper expectations. So, I expect the Giants to win. I expect it to be ugly. I expect it to be closer to like a 17-14 type of game. And we call it a day. But uh, not going crazy from a DFS standpoint. Now, uh, to wrap up the uh, afternoon slate of games, we have Philly hosting Dallas in the matchup of the week. Basically, division lead is on the line here. Philly, obviously, hosting at home. The story comes down to how healthy is Jalen Hurts. He tweaked the knee again. Um, There's always reports about how healthy he truly is. I don't think he's truly healthy, but I don't think it matters because the guy is a gamer. He's going to gut it out no matter what. And he hasn't been compromised yet. He's hurt, but he's not injured. Um, So if he's injured, then he's truly compromised and he can't do the scrambling that he normally does. So I don't necessarily look at it that way. I think it's more of the case of can Dallas take care of the ball and cut down on the silly mistakes that usually cost them tight games like this. Philly's favored by three and a half. I think the line's fair. I think Philly wins anyway because I don't expect Dallas to cut down on the dumb mistakes that they usually do. But uh, I do like a couple of pieces from the DFS side of the thing. So 
Uh, I'll, I'll go walk through that uh, right now. In terms of uh, the QB play, Dak at 6,500, I think it's a better play than Hurts at 88K. I, I think Dak has a similar floor to Hurts, and I think the upside's there because of how weak the Philly secondary is, that he's going to be able to find C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks and uh, Michael Gallup in that secondary versus, yes, do I expect Hurts to get the ball out to A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith? Certainly. But I think it's going to be more big plays from Philly and then running on the ground versus Dallas, where I think they're going to struggle running the ball on the ground with Tony Pollard. And so I think Tony Pollard is a straight-up fade this week against uh, Philly's run defense. I think they're going to have to get it all done through uh, in the air. And that's why I think the upside's so much higher uh, for uh, Dak this week versus uh, Hurts. I, I don't, I don't think Philly needs to get it done through the air. I think they're gonna, tr- uh, they're gonna keep working on it. But uh, in terms of the efficiency through the air, I think, it, uh, I think Dallas is gonna be far more efficient than Philly is. So I'm gonna focus on Dak. I'm gonna look at CD Lamb. Uh, he's cheaper than AJ Brown, and I think he outscores AJ. But I do think that AJ Brown also gets a. Uh, his points as well, because, you know, let's be honest, uh, Hertz has been feeding him the rock. So uh, it's an interesting dynamic, but I'm still going to be favoring the Dallas side of the equation, even though I think Philly wins the game. So I'm going to say this again. I think Philly wins the game because they're more balanced on offense. But from a DFS standpoint, I am more on the Dallas offense uh, between Dak and the receivers than I am on the Hertz side of the equation with his receiving core. Just because I, I think D- Dallas is going to be forced into throwing the ball more, as opposed to Philly being uh, far more balanced and chewing up clock with their running game. All right, that does it for the afternoon games. We're going to take a quick break and get into uh, the Sunday night football matchup, and I'll do uh, my thoughts on the Monday night football as well. So stick around. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere the fantasy throwdown podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills welcome back to the show hope you got your popcorn ready sunday night football Bengals hosting the bills this line is very much thin. I don't understand how the Bengals aren't favored by at least four. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest. I don't think Buffalo has been properly counted against for how lousy Josh Allen has been this year. I really, I really think that this is a, uh, this is a line that should be favored heavily towards the Bengals. Joe Burrow's uh, getting healthier by the day. The Bengals are trending up. The defense is in a good spot uh, from a a run defense standpoint. Not that the Bills are uh, really tearing it up running on the ground either. But I think the Bills' offense is going to have some trouble against the Bengals' defense. And I think the Bengals' defense is going to be able to move the ball against the Bills' secondary. I I don't understand how this line is as tight as it is. I, I think this should be much more in favor of the Bengals. Uh, you know, 
in terms of showdown aspect, I'm leaning far more towards uh, Jabbar Chase uh, uh, than uh, basically anyone I could think of from uh, the uh, the Bills side. I, I I really like I really don't like this game for the Bills. Uh, I I I'll just be perfectly blunt there. Uh, to me. Uh, in the Bills side, I would say you can play Stefan Diggs uh, in the captain, but it's still entirely dependent on if Josh Allen's going to get the ball out uh, correctly, and I'm not sold on it. Uh, you know, the other option is Dalton Kincaid in the captain for the Bills. I don't trust Josh Allen in the captain right now. Yes, he, he can. Uh, still rack up points because of the rushing upside, but he's going to be extremely popular in the captain. I think you're going to get far more value with Chase in the captain, Diggs in the captain, or Kincaid in the captain versus um, playing uh, Josh Allen the captain uh, from the standpoint of you're going to have to try to do 150 if you're playing Josh Allen the captain, in my opinion. Um I just think it's going to be too hard to get to the route combinations of which guy on the Bills to pair with Allen and the captain. <laughs> Excuse me. To get there. Um, other uh, pieces to consider. Um, you've got uh, 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 Shakir at 3400 um, Gabe Davis, 7400 It's a price too high in my opinion. I think Shakir, I would uh, be willing to go down to. Um, he's been featured more as the number three receiver for the Bills. Um, and with Dawson Knox still out, uh, you know, I think the route tree goes from Diggs to Kincaid uh, to Shakir. And yes, I know Gabe Davis is supposed to be the number two wide receiver, but basically, Gabe Davis has been used more as the big play wide receiver. I think. There's a real chance that Shakir sees more targets than Gabe Davis. As as, as weird as that may sound, um, this is how Josh Allen's been playing lately. Uh, I think that's part of the problem for the Bills is that Gabe Davis has not been targeted enough. I think there's a lot of force feeding of the ball for big pass plays uh, by Allen. Yes, it's to Diggs, but then it's to some of these other... Uh, shots, and I think they need to use some more of the uh, intermediary slant routes with Gabe Davis um, rather than just try to pop him over the top on go routes, but that's just uh, more my thought process to where uh, the Bills are as an offense at this point, and I think they're lost, uh, to be perfectly honest. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think from the Bengals side of things, uh, I'm, I'm not exactly looking to do Burrow captain. Um, you can look at, at Jamar Chase. Uh, Chase uh, T. Higgins is priced so cheap at 6600 This could get me in trouble. Um, I don't... I think it's a little bit more of a trap play playing Higgins in the captain. But if for any reason T. Higgins goes off tonight, it's going to be real hard to win on DraftKings, in my opinion. Because while I'm going to have a lot of 4-2 and 5-1 builds for the Bengals, 
if T. Higgins is the guy who goes off, I think there's so many other pieces to the Bengals side to uh, get into the optimal. It's going to be difficult. So to me, I'm hoping it's a Jamar Chase night as opposed to Higgins. I think it's going to be a lot easier for folks to fit in Higgins and then the Buffalo pieces rather than play uh, Chase up top and not do as lopsided of a build for the Bengals. I think folks are going to try to jam back in uh, the bill side of the equation. And, you know, that could get there because it's a Higgins night. But, uh, yeah, I I think it's it's going to be a very popular build uh, with Higgins and the captain and get uh, your Buffalo pieces there as well. So uh, I'm, I'm more against being under the field uh, against Higgins. It could have cost me quite a bit uh, just from a game theory standpoint, but I, you know, you try to be unique enough and be able to uh, take down somebody's tournament. So that's the way I would look at it um, from that standpoint. But yeah, I'm heavily on the Bengals side, and that brings us to last but certainly not least, the Jets hosting the Chargers and Brandon Staley. Uh, Chargers three and a half point favorites. If you look at these teams on paper, the Chargers should be favored more. The reason why they're not favored more is Brandon Staley is kind of an idiot uh, in terms of uh, coaching this team. Uh, they always seem to underachieve. This seems like a ripe spot where the Chargers make Zach Wilson look like a million bucks. But you do have to take this into consideration that Zach Wilson is not an it's not NFL QB, uh, caliber QB, I should say. He he plays QB in the NFL, but you know that's about uh, I would say emphasis on the word plays because he certainly doesn't act the part uh, in terms of his uh, route reading, uh, uh, blitz pickup at the line of scrimmage. Zach Wilson is so rudimentary at best in terms of uh, some of the attention to detail items that it makes it really hard to click that name from a showdown perspective. But I do think that this is one of those scenarios where, you know, it's either the Chargers defense is going to crush or the Jets are going to put up points. I I don't think there's an in-between here uh, that you're going to see both sides of the equation in an optimal winner. I think... It's either Zach Wilson's going to be in there in the flex, or you're going to see the Chargers defense in the flex, or the captain as a winner. Probably uh, the other way for uh, Chargers defense to get the captain winner is if you get a pick six against uh, Zach Wilson, which, again, could easily happen, uh, knowing the way Zach Wilson plays QB. Uh, But uh, to me, we've seen the Chargers like collapse in these types of spots. I have not that I have faith in the Jets. I just have so little confidence in the Chargers being able to execute an obvious game plan of get pressure on Zach Wilson, let him throw, uh, let him throw into zone coverage and see if he can actually make the proper reads. It's a it should be a straightforward enough game plan that the Chargers should be able to execute. The issue with the Chargers, we've seen them screw this up multiple times. The other aspect is, I think the Jets should be able to run the ball on the ground with Brees Hall. 
and play action to get the ball to Garrett Wilson. That's why I think I'd rather be on the Jets side of the equation because I think the Jets should be able to move the ball. But if they don't and Zach Wilson implodes, that means the Chargers defense uh, becomes a far more attractive play at 5K. And because of the defense being priced up to 5K, they're they're going to be lower owned than what you would typically expect because no one wants to play the Chargers defense at 5K. But Zach Wilson is terrible. And that's why I think it's an either-or situation. I, I, you know, I, I don't want to say that you have to set a rule, but I almost feel inclined that you're going to have to set a rule between uh, either Zach Wilson in the flex or captain or Chargers defense in the flex or captain because I, I don't... I don't see it going balanced. I think it's going to be slanted in one direction or the other. Um, yes, there are cheap pieces on the Charger side, most likely, because Josh Palmer was already ruled out. So uh, there's going to be Quentin Johnson. Uh, Darius Davis has been using gadget plays. There's also um, uh, uh, Jalen Guyton is as possible uh, uh guy who can get activated off IR like the Chargers are going to spread the ball around but it's still going to be heavily concentrated towards Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler I just prefer Eckler in any type of spot like this where you've got a dominant secondary in the Jets it's a tough matchup for Allen yes he can get there from a reception standpoint but he's not going to get the yards in my opinion Um, to me uh, getting in the end zone and getting yardage I think heavily favors Eckler over Keenan Allen, and there's only about a, uh, I think it's like a 400 price difference, because I think, uh, yeah, um, Keenan Allen's 11.6 and uh, Eckler's 12K. Uh, I would just take the $400 upgrade uh, with Eckler all day in that one. So, um, yeah, that does it for uh, uh, week, uh, yeah, week nine. Uh, man, the NFL season going by fast. But uh, good luck with your Sunday contest, and uh, yeah, uh, hopefully I, I feel a lot better ahead of next week because I, I definitely need to like get, uh, get some rest. Uh, but uh, yeah, enjoy the games, everyone. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.